Welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco, here with an all-new episode for an all-new year. Happy 2021. Uh, we're going to talk about things that have happened throughout the year and plans to come through. We are live here in Imperial County in the chicken coop. This isn't a fucking green screen. These are actual fucking chickens and roosters. Roosters are crowing at me, and they've been crowing since 2 o'clock in the morning. So these motherfuckers have no respect whatsoever. They don't give a fuck about my artistry. They don't give a fuck about my podcast. They don't give a shit about my development as a comedian. I'm getting fucking heckled by nature, okay? It's like one of those shows where it's like you got to stick to your guns and let people know what the fuck is happening. So, uh, first of all, I just want to thank everybody who listens to this. Uh, We really appreciate your continued support. Even though there's a pandemic and you can't go out to shows, you still choose to listen to this podcast. It's fucking awesome. I really do appreciate that. There's so much things to talk about that's going on in nature or uh, the nature of our government right now. It's kind of shitty in the sense that I've never been more embarrassed to be an American. And I love being an American. I've never been embarrassed. Um, Up until a failed coup that happened very recently on January 6th, um, people stormed the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And you know shit is bad. In America, when you go to Mexico and you have Mexicans telling you that they feel really bad about what's happening in your country, it's like, dude, I feel bad what's happening in your fucking country. That's why my parents fucking left, okay? And I think that's why I'm going to fucking leave and go back. But at any rate, um, not that I want to make all these white supremacists come in their pants by me revealing that I'm going to go back to Mexico. Well, it would be like just me going to Mexico because I'm not from there, but my parents are. So, anyway, yeah, I'm going to get them on the fucking podcast to verify that. You'll be able to tell. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's been really fucking crazy lately with uh, that failed coup. It's been crazy with all these threats of civil unrest. And nobody's fucking civil rights were fucking violating. There's civil unrest. But when fucking black people do it, it's like, oh, they're an angry mob. All protesters must be shot. And then when it's fucking white people, you're just like... That's cool. Just come on in. It's all good, right? Just make yourself at home. If you see something you like, just take it. I mean, it's fucked up. It's infuriating. But, you know, unlike a lot of black and brown people, I don't feel the sense of, like, kill them. Kill these motherfuckers, you know, because, like, nobody should be killed for a protest, okay? Nobody should, no matter what it is. Unless it's fucking rooster rights and shit, then those motherfuckers need to die. Because there's some heckling cocksuckers that need to fucking know their fucking place and be quiet. Anyway, yeah, it's really hot out here in Imperial County. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. If you were to be in San Diego driving to Phoenix, I'm like half, I'm in the the, the halfway mark between Phoenix and San Diego. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty cool out here in that I haven't heard nobody fucking screaming the whole time I've been here. I've only heard maybe like one or two ambulances the time that I've been here. And um, nobody's asked me for money. So it's been fucking weird because I live in Oakland and I haven't been in Oakland in like about three weeks. And like right here, it's been really great because people are like super welcoming. People are super. It's just like a different era. With Like people still have respect. 
people still like have manners and will wait for you to pull out of your spot and not just to take your spot because there's no spots available. Like they'll let you pull out of your fucking spot and just follow you to the exit because they're cool like that. Like, you know, like it's like it's like country, but it's like a lot of Mexicans. But then I guess also there's Trump supporters here. But then I also throw off a lot of people because I look like a big Mexican, which I am, but also talk like a big white guy, though. So that probably throws off some people just wondering, like, where is this guy from? What's his story? And why does he speak so well? But, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's been a crazy time, you know, because for us comedians, New Year's just happened. And here's the thing about being a comedian and New Year's. You know, you want to work on New Year's Eve so you can make that last bit of money before the year's over. You want to have the New Year's Eve gig so you could do a champagne toast and you could feel like you matter and that you're a real comedian and shit. So um, a lot of people in California weren't able to feel like that because of the shelter in place. And so this year I was fortunate enough to do a... New Year's Eve virtual show on Zoom uh, through Sally Tomatoes, which was a pretty fucking cool show. It was great, except for they muted all the mics, so it's just like kind of felt like you're telling your jokes in the mirror, except I got paid, so it was a little bit different, but it was cool. Not bragging about getting paid. Uh, I will brag that I got paid within 12 hours, so that was fucking sweet Um, (laughs) because, you know, Sometimes you get paid like, well, you're supposed to get paid right when it happens, like after you're done the same night. But sometimes people tell you, hey, I'm going to Venmo you. I'm going to PayPal you. I'm going to send you uh, money through Zelle. Uh, I'm going to pay you back next week. Meet me here. There's like a lot. Or, or I'm going to send you a check. And depending on who sends that check, I'm not going to mention any names because he still employs me uh, when there isn't a pandemic. But uh, there's somebody who's notorious for sending out checks uh, three, four weeks, sometimes two months, three months after the fact. So that's just like money in the bank type of money you're going to cash out later that you can't have. But that man, he told me not to tell anybody, but uh, he paid me one time within three days. And I was like, whoa, miracles do happen. So that's pretty cool. You got to keep believing in yourself. You got to have faith in the universe. And it's kind of hard to have faith in the universe when you have all these dumb fucks walking around thinking that they know more than you, thinking that they're better than you, thinking that their uh, lack of research trumps the research of uh, scientists who've devoted their whole life to their careers and their findings and wanting to help out humanity. But, you know, here's the thing, dude. Like, no matter what happens... I think 2021 is going to be a great fucking year. It needs to be a great fucking year. I wanted to be a great fucking year. Um, the reason why I needed to be a great year is because if I don't have anything to look forward to, I'm just going to be sad and depressed and have no meaning for why I'm alive or taking in oxygen. And so if I'm looking forward to this year being great, that means I got to make it great. I personally have to put in the effort to make myself happy, to make myself not bored, to make myself feel like I fucking matter. And it sucks because like with comedy, like showing up, doing your job and having people laugh and having people uh, follow you or people like 
come to your next show and become a fan. Like, it's hard to do that on Zoom. And I'm not going to lie. I've been able to get some fans from the Zoom shows. I've been able to sell some merch through the Zoom shows. Um, a woman who watches uh, the weekly Zoom show for Best of SF uh, bought some merch off of me, my twerk on my smirk shirts, which made me feel great. But in addition to um, paying for the shirt, she also asked me if I officiate weddings because her and her dude are going to get married in 2022 or 2021, which is this year, and was wondering if I could or be be ordained and, you know, get them married. And that's that's so fucking awesome because this is the second time somebody has asked me to officiate their wedding. And I'm talking about people I've met through comedy, not my pals from elementary school because I don't have any pals from elementary school. And um, everybody that I do associate with that I do know from elementary school and middle school and high school, they're already married. And even if they weren't married and they were going to get married, they don't want me, Victor Pacheco, doing it. But, you know, to these people that just met me that think I'm funny based on what they've seen me do on Zoom, they want me to, to, to officiate the wedding. But not no fucking dickhead former class clown asshole smart aleck like me that used to be in class with it's like i'm not gonna pay that guy to officiate my wedding because it really like i saw this thing this 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 meme or whatever or a quote you know how they have those quotes on facebook and social media it's just like you know the the person you just met is going to be rooting for you the hardest uh, and your family and your friends you've known your whole life don't care and boy, is that fucking true with comedy. Because like with comedy, like the people that you meet while you perform your art, those are the people that appreciate it. As opposed to family members or coworkers. Like they feel forced to go to the shows because you're because you know, when you start off doing comedy, you're really excited about this new adventure that you're on. It's really fucking cool. You're doing it. You're in the entertainment business, even though you're not getting paid, or you're getting paid only in drink tickets or ten dollars or just something really insignificant. Don't get me wrong, I have cried because I was given five dollars at an open mic where I didn't think I was gonna get anything. That made me cry, and I was that broke and that emotional. But those are the type of things that I'm honest about, you know, because if I don't keep it real with people, I feel that people aren't going to keep it real with me. And, and it sucks because I do keep it real. And then I find out that people fucking lie to me or didn't tell me the whole truth. And it really makes me reevaluate how I felt about that person because, you know, when it comes to a lot of things in life, it boils down to trust. Do you trust this person? Will this person have your back when you're there, when you're not there in the future? Or are they just there, like, just for the ride that you're on right now? And sometimes with comedy, that's how it feels, you know? Like, when you're doing really good, everybody wants to be your friend. But when you're doing really shitty and you're bombing and you're sad and you have really pathetic fucking status updates where you're like melodramatic and emo as fuck. Nobody wants to have shit to do with you. It's fucking crazy. You know, it's like high school, except in high school, people fought. And now people or at least with the people that I see in the Bay Area. Nobody's really fucking fighting. There was a 
comedy fight club or comedy boxing or whatever. It didn't really get off the ground. And it did one time, and then one of the dudes was, like, really coked out. And I'm just like, dude, you're not even fucking respecting the sport or the fucking artistry of comedy by coming out all coked out. I mean, unless you're Sam Kennison. But then, like, even if you are Sam Kennison, it's like you're going to be great for a little bit, and then you're going to fucking die. And that sucks. So I'm trying not to fucking die anytime soon. Otherwise, this podcast is not going to age well. <laughs> but at any rate, I love right now, this year, I love being around my wife. Um, I love keeping in contact with my friends and my family. Even though shelter in place is going on, I wear my mask all over the place. I wash my hands all the fucking time. I stay inside all the time. I don't do outdoor shows anymore well mostly because of the law but also though too it's just like right now what's happening like i I don't know of any shows that are not free (laughs) you know so it, it it sucks i mean a lot of times with comedy it's fucked up because you're motivated by money or sometimes you're motivated by the show itself because if there's a really great show pre-covid everything's open everything's great and there's a great show a great venue historical it's it's awesome and you could say that you perform there that's more important than money sometimes because being able to say that you performed at that spot maybe when you start out but then like as the years go on you're like cool i want to perform there and get paid to perform there like a respected comedian and then when that happens you're like oh cool i am you know, evolving and getting to the next level with my comedy and getting these higher paying gigs and gigs that matter in venues that are super important. And, um, you know, sometimes people will just do the show because of how much it's getting paid, of how much it pays, and they could care less if there's a crowd or if the crowd's into the comedy or if there's a, a, a sports game going on with the volume on full blast or if people are doing karaoke or if people are playing pool in the background and you're just like, what the fuck? This isn't what I agree to. But then again, if the money's right and you agree to do it, then guess what? You got to do it or your reputation's on the line because people talk. You know, people definitely talk. And if you don't think so, people definitely talk. Um, Good and bad. I've heard really great things about me that I didn't even know people were talking about me. I've also heard some terrible shit about me behind my back that I had a feeling people were talking about, but was never confirmed. But, like, for example, like, you don't think that these, like, managers or owners or anyone that could pay for a comedy show talks to comedians but like you know you might fuck up on on their weekly comedy show or their monthly comedy show so the next month they will talk shit about you and be like hey the last comic we had here and then they'll say whatever happened you know you didn't do your time you weren't funny uh you got into it with um the audience member or got violent or you racked up like three hundred dollars in the fucking bar because I've heard of cases where entire comedy shows have stopped doing comedy altogether because the comedians take advantage of the of the open bar, open tab, and they'll rack up like $1,000 between two people with like lobster tails and, and cognac and important malt, single malt scotch whiskey. And it's just like all this stuff. It's like, dude. 
This gig pays like $100, $200, $250. What makes you think that they want to pay $1,000 for your bar tab when you're getting paid between $100 and $250? Even if you're getting paid $500 for a fucking show, that doesn't include $1,000 worth of fucking food. There's no way. Even if they get it for like... 10 cents on the dollar. That's still, they don't want to come out of the pocket $100 for your ass when they could have made $1,000 off that. It's just crazy because a lot of comedians don't respect the venues that they go into. They fuck up and then they fuck it up for the rest of us that won't be able to get the opportunity to perform there again because somebody already fucked it up. Okay? And that's not that's not including, you know, disres- uh, or uh, disrespecting the bar and wait staff or the servers or the owner, you know, it's crazy, you know. Um, sometimes, though, you, you just got to follow your heart and know that because what's fucked up about comedy is just like it's not like any other job. Comedy is a job where you just make people laugh and make them forget about their troubles and you get them to like you. They're like they're like a chick. If you're a dude, they're like a chick that you want them to like you back because you love comedy. And if you don't love comedy, you shouldn't be doing comedy. So when you love comedy, you want everyone else when you're on stage to love you. And then when you're off stage after you're done to remember you. So you could create a fan base. You get people to come out and um Come out to to more shows to buy your product to tell people about you. If you have like a Facebook page, a fan page, or anywhere on social media or on your website, or get on an emails list, you know there's a lot of reasons why it's important to be friendly and professional when you're doing comedy. And it's hard to remember that sometimes when you're drunk off your ass, you're coked out of your mind, and that's your priority over anything else like it sucks because I'll, I'll go to some open mics and i'll see people that are more concerned about getting fucked up than they are about working on new material or polishing up their old material or anything other than comedy they just want to get fucked up or a lot of a lot of times comedians got these like personalities that are like more on the antisocial type so some of us including myself are weird as fuck And so a lot of weird people that aren't funny will try to become comedians so they can have the title of being a comedian so they're not an outsider, so they belong to a group. And it sucks because a lot of these people get really fucked up, not at shows or maybe during shows and after shows. And it's more important in in a lot of cases to get fucked up with comedians than it is to have a good set in front of comedians like uh, there's been a time i don't want to say any names i'm gonna start any beef but i had three killer sets back to back to back in front of the show producer who's also a comedian and he said i fucking killed and i said why don't you book me for your fucking show and he was like i don't know and i was like okay and then like i sent him a video of me hosting at the San Jose Improv for a weekend show. And he's told me that I still have to go in to see if I'm a right fit for his show. And I'm like, dude, your show's inside of a fucking bar. And here's a fucking video of me having a great set in a fucking theater. Yes, a San Jose 
Improv Comedy Club is a comedy club, but it used to be a vaudeville theater. That's fucking three stories high, 450 people capacity. Like, that is a fucking small theater, more so than a comedy club. Definitely comedy club. It's a great place, but Jesus Christ, man. Like, how... Where do people get the fucking balls to ask me to audition to do their bar show when I'm fucking giving them a video of me during a professional show that I was hosting where I did announcements and I got people in the mood for a comedy show and I had a great set. Great set. Four applause breaks in seven minutes. I, I hit all my marks. I said all the everything I was supposed to do, all the comics credits. I did everything correct. And because this guy wanted to put me through fucking flaming hoops, so he's like, come on, jump. Jump, jump, jump. It's not right. But guess what? I still did his fucking show, and I still did really good. Then he booked me again. So what the fuck are you going to do about it, you know? Um, again, I'm not fucking upset about this. I was when it happened, but I'm going to tell you why I'm not upset about it. I cannot be upset about a comedy show that pays comedians $20 or $10 or $15. And then I'm supposed to be sad because you're not giving me the opportunity for you to make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And you don't want to fucking pay me $20 to, to host your show? Okay. Well, if anything, you're doing me a fucking favor. Because in some of these places, and not all, not all. Because I'll tell you for a fucking fact. Cheaper than therapy and best of SF pre-pandemic were really cool spots that you could go and hang out at the shows, even if you're not on the show. If you're a comedian, they'll let you in with open arms. They're really nice. They're not elitist. They're, they're, they're not star fuckers. They're, 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 not, they're not name droppers. It's just cool, kicking back, like fun atmosphere, okay? Everyone's an equal. Everyone's cool. Even though everyone's not an equal, and obviously some people have more power than others, at those two venues, people are really fucking cool. But then at other venues that you go to, the show producer slash comedian slash host slash booker, who's all the same person, or a combination of two people or three people, they want you to kiss their ass. It's like, dude, I'm making $15 for your bar show tonight with your one drink. I'm 400 fucking pounds. What do you think your one drink's going to do? Unless your one drink has three hits of LSD in it, I'm not going to get any effect from your fucking drink. So just like don't even bother. Just give me the extra $5 you're going to pay me. Or you're going to give me the drink. And just give me the even fucking 20 and shit. And you want me to kiss your ass about it? Like what the fuck dude? That's fucking crazy. But like people have unrealistic expectations of you. Um, it, it's so fucked up. But whatever. Um, I'm happy though. I'm happy that I'm able to make these realizations about what's going on with my comedy, my comedy career, my comedy writing, um, everything that I do to try to get my name out there and let people know that I'm fucking funny. And not everyone's going to think I'm funny. People really, honest to God, I didn't know this till recently, by the way. I'm 35 years old, and I've been uh, morbidly obese for, like, at least 30 years. And so... I didn't fucking know this, man. Like, 
there are people out there that hate fat people. Like, hate fat people. They're, like, really racist against fat people. They're, like, disgusted when they see fat people. Like, they're racist against fat people. And it bothers me because I didn't fucking do anything. And I know there's some fucking healthy people listening to this. Of course you didn't do anything. That's why you're fat. And you know what? You got to be happy with who you are, you know? And... It sucks because I have noticed this. I have noticed this uh, performing stand-up. I've noticed this as a, as, a, as an educator, substitute teaching. I've noticed this as a student at the university of, uh, and student uh, at elementary school all the way through college. Like, yeah, dude, when you're fat, people treat you differently. People treat you like, in some cases, that you're older because you're bigger than everybody, so you probably have more life experience than everybody. Um, sometimes also <laughs> what's fucked up. I don't know if this is good or bad, but there's a stereotype that fat people are funny. That's not true. Not all fat people are funny. A lot of fat people are funny though. I say between skinny people and fat people. I don't know though, dude, because like a lot of like fat people think that they're funny because they say this like self depreciating fat jokes all the time. And I, I don't. I think I'm fucking funny because I say witty shit. I say things that are really in the moment. And um, a lot of times I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And I just got to say that, you know, since the pandemic, I have really stopped giving a fuck, dude. I don't give a fuck what anyone says about me anymore. What are you, what are they going to do, man? Cancel me? It's like everything's already canceled, dude. I haven't done anything fucked up. I haven't done, I haven't fucking sexually assaulted anybody or sexually harassed anybody or threatened anybody's life or except these fucking roosters cocksuckers but listen i'm not a bad person and if i did kill one of these roosters i'd fucking eat it all right it wouldn't die in fucking vain we use the fucking feathers for pillows and we use all parts of the buffalo even though it's a chicken a rooster whatever the fuck we don't give a fuck i'll eat it but (laughs) yeah dude keeping it real dude love keeping it real that's the only way i keep it because to tell you the truth it's hard to lie because when you lie you got to remember that lie and then you got to feed off that lie for future lies and then recall the lies when you when you're talking about past lies in the future and that's too complicated it's like i don't know i think the only thing that i've ever like really kept a secret is just like doing drugs for my parents but they found out they totally found out it's crazy because like as a kid you know, I'd have my mom walk in on me jerking off. And then as an adult living at her house, she'd walk in on me doing lines of coke. And so that's fucking crazy. <laughs> and it sucks because I can't even use that as the fucking clip for my promo because she fucking follows me on Instagram. And I can't block her because she made an Instagram to check on me to see if I'm still alive when I don't call her for a week or two weeks. And it's like, Mom, that's some stalker-ass shit right there. Like, you know, if I'm dead, I'm dead, you know? Hopefully, um, I don't die. But, you know, let's face it. You know, I haven't been taking the most care of myself uh, as I drink some fucking juicy juice juice right now. Definitely juice. Definitely not whiskey. Definitely... A good time here in Imperial County.
such a beautiful day out here. It's usually super humid. And today's just warm with a slight breeze, but not breezy enough to affect the audio of my microphone. So things are looking great. I really, really am appreciative of the people that have been supporting me there. And I mean emotionally. Um, there's been a lot of people that have really come through and connected with me and like ask me about how I'm doing and certain struggles I'm going through that I didn't really think anyone gave a fuck. And then when people check in on me, that's fucking cool. I'm glad nobody's checked in on me about committing suicide because I haven't been putting out any of those fucking vibes. But I will say, it is sad that people are killing themselves right now more so than ever because of the pandemic and people are scared and people are losing their jobs and people are losing their houses, people are losing their families. So what the fuck else do they got? What else does anybody got? Drugs, alcohol, suicide. It's like a lot of people, including myself, turn to these uh, coping mechanisms which are like the worst way to fucking cope with your feelings. You know, it's like, hey, let's drown them out or numb them out. And <laughs> let's try not to worry about that shit. But so much shit's happened, dude. Like since the last podcast, I don't know which thing I want to talk about next. So let's just go to the thing I'm going to talk about next. So a uh, comedian that I know that we know here in the Bay Area Passed away on Christmas Day. It was either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. His name was uh, Frosty Nugs. His real name, which I blanked out for, James Phillips. Tall-ass dude from the East Coast. To me, he always looked, I always told him he looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Or he looked like really dirty Jamie Kennedy. But he passed away. On either the 24th or the 25th of December And it's just really fucked up Because we were on the outs when he passed away And you know I'm a fucking hard headed asshole And I shouldn't have been I should have been nicer to this guy Because he was a fucking really unique Uniquely cool dude Because he did something I've never seen any comedian do And that is this dude would have an open mic every Wednesday. It was called the late open mic. And Frosty would provide food for all the comics there that he came out of his own pocket to provide. And that was fucking cool because he didn't have to do that. And then um, he would have a tip bucket for the comic performing and everybody would get at least a dollar that he came out of his pocket then everyone would make at least a dollar at an open mic. And then he changed it. So he was having a showcase with like five comics and then he'd pay each comic 20 bucks. And there's been times where I'd done that showcase and there was only five people in the audience and it was the five comics he booked plus Frosty. And he'd still pay the $20 with zero audience members in the crowd. And it was just like one of those things I was just like, I took it for granted. We all took it for granted because that was such a kind gesture, you know. He wasn't getting sponsored. The restaurant wasn't giving him money. The bar wasn't giving him money. He came through week after week after week 
with the best party on a Wednesday. And people got fucked up, like really fucked up. Like you see people walking around with these huge balloons filled with nitrous oxide. You know, the laughing gas. Yeah, baby. People were getting fucked up. It was great times, you know. Um, I got fucked up there too, man. Like <laughs> Wednesdays were good days, but not anymore uh, because Frosty's gone. Okay, Wednesdays are still great, but it sucks that Frosty died. I wish that we would have been in good terms during his death, but I guess I can't change that, and I feel bad about that, but I do feel good about the remembrance that I do have of Frosty and him being a cool-ass dude, and he was super accepting. He didn't give a fuck if you started comedy that day or if it was your first time going up on stage or if you were on TV or anything. Frosty would treat you good. Frosty was super silly. Frosty was always fucking drunk. I love that dude. I love that dude for how he liked to party. Um, but I'm sad because he died from appendicitis and I don't know if that had anything to do with the way he lived his life, getting fucked up all the time. I'm not judging. I'm just scared because if that's him and he's skinny or skinnier than me, at least what the fuck's going to happen to me when it's my time to go? Am I going to get appendicitis like any fucking stomach ache I have now? I'm fucking extra worried that it might be appendicitis. Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, sometimes you, some people around you get an illness or they die a certain way. And then you're just like, Oh, that could totally happen to me. What the fuck can I do to prevent that? And then you do all this reading, you do all this reading, you do all this reading, and then you get even more paranoid because then you realize that there's symptoms to different ailments that aren't even related to the fucking disease or illness that you're looking at. But I'm really happy right now. I'm really blessed with the people that I have in my life, the people that I don't have in my life anymore. <laughs> I made a joke on Facebook that I lost four friends during the pandemic. None of them got COVID or died. I just got a really shitty personality. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that in that it's all true, but I'm happier now. And it, it's similar to when I lose followers on Instagram um, because I'll lose followers on Instagram. I just hit a thousand followers recently last week, and now I have 995 and I'm not even mad at all because the truth is those five people that unfollowed me, if they're not down to see what I'm doing right now, then they're not really on my team. And I don't want them to see what the fuck I do in the future because it's only going to get better. And I'm not being cocky or arrogant. I'm just being confident with my ability to evolve and continue evolving and adapting with the times and you know, making sure that I'm able to put out something where I could bring some joy into people's lives, whether it's through laughing or through some type of emotional fulfillment. And the thing about everything that I put out... I try my fucking hardest, like this fucking cocksucking rooster's trying his fucking hardest to get me to shut the fuck up. Well, you're fucking losing, asshole. any rate, <laughs> yeah, man, pandemic's got me so fucked up, I'm yelling at fucking animals. But you know what? I'm not a real fucking Mexican because Mexicans hit animals. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Now I'm going to get a fucking, ra uh, I'm going to get a lot of raging letters from our Mexican 
Latino viewers saying, hey, that is not true. We do not hit our animals. Yes, you do. I've witnessed it. And it isn't just in my household. It's in a bunch of fucking households. You know, I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't fucking, I don't hit dogs. I don't hit people. I'll hit a bong. I'll hit a joint. I'll hit a blunt. But I'm going to hit a fucking, I'm going to hit a dog. I'm going to hit a rooster. I'm going to hit a fucking animal, you know, because I'm a fucking animal and I don't want anyone hitting me. I just want to make the best of everything that's going on with my life. And you know what? I'm very grateful. I feel like this is like the Thanksgiving edition or talking about what I'm thankful for. You know, we got a lot of things that are going on with everybody. There's a lot of racism going on in this country. There's a lot of things that are affecting millions of people. Um, I think mainly like, you know, this fucking stimulus check, man. Nobody's getting it. Some people are getting it, but not everybody. I feel like the only people that are getting it, like we know 100% of the people that are getting the stimulus check because 100% of them are fucking posting it on social media. And that's how we know that some people have gotten it. I think it's the law. I think it states there that if you receive the stimulus check, you must report about it on social media. Otherwise, you will have to relinquish this money back to the federal government. And they're like, the recipients are like, no, fuck that. We're not giving this money back. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Like, you you see how much other countries are paying their citizens to stay home and you see how much money the United States government is paying their citizens and um, it is really unlivable what is being offered and has been offered and been available to the American people and it's fucked up is I've paid taxes for many years um, I feel that I don't know what's up with the vaccine I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to mutate. And I don't mean the, the the vaccine that we take. Is that going to mutate? I mean, also, I don't know about that. But I also don't know if the vaccine or the, I'm sorry, if the virus is going to mutate and then the vaccine that uh, is already developed, is that going to do anything? Is it going to mutate with the fucking virus or, or is it going to fucking kill that mutation or what the fuck? You know, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like. Some people are saying this is fake. Some people are saying that the numbers are being blown up. People are fucking dying, though. That's for fucking sure. People are fucking not able to breathe. People are. It's really fucked up, man. And, you know, to think that scientists are being undermined by a bunch of fucking assholes that refuse to fucking learn geography because they're never going to travel it's just like how close-minded can you fucking be is i remember being a kid and like you know you'd go around and you know you'd you know you meet you do it on the first week of school and you fill out these squares on a piece of paper it's just like uh, somebody who's broken at least two bones and then you write their name in the squares it's a classroom bingo I think that's what it's called. Or student bingo, classroom bingo, and you go around and you fill out and you fill out names to see. So that's how you get to know people. And so <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, I've done that before. The classroom bingo. But I did it in East Oakland. So it was like fucking crazy because all those kids were like majority of them were Latino. 
there was like three black kids and two Asian kids. And yeah, dude, it was fucking crazy because, you know, there was answering the questions and shit. And then there was uh, this one kid. Uh, I was just like, I was after I gave everybody, you know, time to go around and ask everybody questions and stuff. You know, we came back as a classroom and I asked, all right, by show of hands, who here's broken a bone? And some little Mexican kid raises his hand and I'm all like, what's up? So you broke a bone? What happened? Tell me the story. He's like, well, I was in Lake Tahoe skiing. Then I interrupted him and I was like, you were in Lake Tahoe, Lake, Lake Tahoe skiing? What, are you white or something? Everybody started laughing. Everybody just lost their shit. Two kids fell out of the seats, including the kid I was making fun of. And it, it was fucking crazy, dude. I fucking killed that shit. But I don't know. Like, I thought it was going good. And then, like... It was like it asked this other question. There's this other question on the on the bingo student bingo. It was uh, uh, somebody who has lived in more than three cities. So then I said, by show of hands, has anybody here ever lived in more than three cities? And you know, this is middle school. This is seventh grade. This is East Oakland. So a lot of these kids have never been outside of East Oakland or lived outside of East Oakland, I should say. And um. There's one black kid, he raises his hand, and he's like, yeah, I've lived in three cities. I was like, really? What happened? Were you, like, living in an apartment? Were you living at your at your, at your your auntie's house? Or where were you living? Were you living with, like, an uncle or something? He's like, no, we just lived in three different cities because we was living in the car with my mom. And so we had to keep driving to different cities because they kept calling the police on us. Listen, as much as this exercise is meant to know more about your classmates, I learned a lot more about one of my students than I had prepared for because I didn't even know I was going to get sideswiped with that revelation because kids are honest, especially when kids like you. And, you know, after making fun of that Mexican kid about him skiing in Lake Tahoe, all those kids liked me and they trusted me. And so when that kid told me that, in front of the whole classroom, I was all like, what's your name? And he's like, I don't remember his name, but we're going to call him Ronnie. He's like, it's Ronnie. I was like, everybody, give Ronnie a big round of applause for being brave and courageous and telling his story here unapologetically. Give him a, give him a round of applause. Let's clap. And, you know, it was great because I, I was able to manipulate the energy in the room so it wasn't sad anymore to it being happy and uplifting. And it's just like... They don't teach you that. They don't teach you these tricks in substitute teaching school because there isn't any substitute teaching school. They just assume that you're going to read the substitute teacher's manual and that based on your experience in K through 12, that you're going to know how to fucking sit there on your ass and press play on the fucking overhead projector to play fucking movies all day. But guess what? It's not the fucking 90s anymore. You don't do that. You actually have to give out assignments and teach as if you're the real teacher, okay? Do you know what it's like teaching Mandarin? Do you know what Mandarin is? That's the uh, one of the languages they speak in China. And I don't speak no fucking any type of Chinese languages, all right? I don't speak Cantonese. I don't speak Mandarin or Mongolian or any of these. I don't know if Mongolian is a language. It probably is. I don't speak any of those languages, okay? I'll substitute teach calculus. I didn't even pass pre-calculus in high school because I dropped it because our fucking teacher was Australian and I couldn't understand a fucking word she was saying. So how am I going to learn if I can't understand what she's saying? Oh, yes, plus the, inv plus the inverted plus the export of there. 
I was just oh, okay. That was more Scottish, but and I couldn't fucking understand her. You know, it was crazy. I needed that lady to have fucking subtitles, but it would just it would cost extra. But going down memory lane, thinking about good times, thinking about the people that have changed your life for the better, changed it for the worse, and all the all the all the things that happen happen for a reason. Okay, this lockdown. Happen for a reason, okay? Whether it's the NWO, the one percenters, conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, whoever the fuck is controlling this, it's happening for a fucking reason, okay? If you're Christian, then you should be believing that this is God's will and that your fate is going to be tested based on God's will, Okay? And it sucks because I missed my calling. I should have been a hustler preacher so I could at least get money for speaking the word of God. But I don't know. I've thought about like, he's like, you're mo- that's like a motivational speaker. I'm oh, sorry. A motivational speaker for religion. You know, these, these preachers, these pastors, these reverends, these priests, these deacons, all these people, you know, they're, they're their motivational speaker. I was thinking about maybe I could become a motivational speaker for high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, to to never for never give up and you know to keep keep doing keep um, believing in themselves or start to believe in themselves. But no matter what, no matter how much reading I do, no matter how many videos I watch of motivational speakers, it's hard for me to motivationally speak when I have it in my brain. That heroin is fucking cool. I love heroin. Heroin's fucking tight. I don't think that I could talk badly about heroin. And I think that's the reason why I cannot become a motivational speaker. Because I have a lot of good things to say about heroin. Because for me, it was a anti-suicidal medication for me. That I took that literally silenced all the demons in me telling me I should commit suicide. So I think that everybody should not feel like they have any type of motivations to end their lives prematurely because we're here on this planet for a reason. We're here to love. We're here to help others. We're here to innovate. We're here to, to, to live and be happy and prosper. You know, it's fucked up because nobody ever told me as a kid, hey, when you grow up, you should want to be happy no matter what. That should be your goal to just be happy. It's like, well, how do you do that? It's like, well, you you got to find meaning in your life. You got to find the things that make you happy. And it's fucked up because if you ask kids these days what makes them happy, oh, I like playing Fortnite or like my Xbox or like my PS5. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Besides that, what makes you fucking happy? Like, what activities make you happy? You know? And it's fucked up because then you'll ask kids and it turns out they want to join the fucking military because they want to shoot motherfuckers because they've seen them do it in a video game. And it's just like, oh, cool. That's the type of fucking inspiration you got? Great. I wish they had fucking... I wish they had video games in my day where, where you could, like, fucking, like, uh, synthesize your own drugs and shit because then maybe I would have been able to, like... 
been inspired to become a chemist. And chemists make a lot more money than fucking substitute teachers do, especially right now during the pandemic when there is no need for substitute teachers. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> but, you know, you're supposed to be coming through with these side gigs and side hustles, and it's hard. It's really fucking hard, you know. And, you know, I'm at my end's wit, and I'm still happy. I'm still happy because the people I have in my life, I'm happy because I choose not to feel like i'm fucking up and for once in my life it's not my fault it's a fucking shelter in place fault <laughs> i'm not a fucking loser this shelter in place is making everyone feel like a fucking loser so if you feel like you're alone in life and you think like you're the only one who's fucked or going through shitty problems right now it's not just you dude it's everybody man everybody's going through some shit right now people aren't able to see loved ones anymore either because they passed away or they're in the hospital or they're being quarantined or they're just keeping their distance i haven't seen my parents in like 10 months because i don't want to be the reason that they get sick and die and i would fucking feel very <laughs> terrible if that happened and um I really need them to live as long as possible, and I don't want to be the reason why they die sooner than they're meant to. But then again, we're Catholic, so whenever they die, it's God's will. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I hope they don't die anytime soon. Um, and I hope that your interest in Poppycock Podcast doesn't die either, because we really do appreciate all our listeners that make this show real. And God honest truth, this podcast... We do appreciate everybody that listens. We appreciate everybody that shares this podcast. And we appreciate everybody that rates on iTunes or on Spotify. You could also find all of my stuff at HispanicTitanic.com. All one word, HispanicTitanic.com. Um, got a lot of great stuff you could find me every single saturday 8 p.m pacific standard time uh on best of sf stand-up comedy zoom edition uh it's absolutely free we solicit for tips throughout the show but it is free there's no drink minimums unless you want to get faded in the comfort of your own home um so come through tell a friend but don't tell any fucking squares because we have a good time. We get fucked up. We drink. We smoke weed uh, like normal adults, okay, like a comedy show should be. But come on by. Come on through. Um, buy my merch. I still have more twerk on my smirk shirts. I have about four of them left. I got two large and two extra large, and that's it. Um, you can really help out me by purchasing all four shirts just reach out to me you can find me on facebook instagram twitter at puro papi pacheco p-u-r-o-p-a-p-i-p-a-c-h-e-c-o i'm gonna kill this fucking rooster i gotta go uh thank you for listening uh, we'll see you soon take care <laughs>